0: you know we we And we to the you know come And you know we shine. And we to the time, yeah. Hey, it's
1: Chris, and welcome to the after party podcast. Today, just like every day, we're gonna start out talking about some daily tech stuff, some Chris stuff, and then we're gonna get into uh more of the apple news tech news type of stuff all right daily tech chris what's new well today actually i just published uh the updated version of the best ipad pro apps the apps that make the ipad pro worth owning in 2020 so this is an update to a video that i did last year and i think it's going to be a popular one the last video Maybe the first video on our channel that hits a million views. It's sitting at almost 900,000 right now. Um, As of this morning, it was very close. And so maybe it's going to hit a million. Maybe this one's going to go on to do better. I don't know. Um, But it was fun to put together. It's very comprehensive. It's getting good feedback so far. So I would recommend checking it out. One thing I just want to mention is someone was like, how come Paperlike sponsors every iPad Pro video? And I know they do. They sponsor a lot on our channel. They sponsor on some other channels. But here's the thing. I can't speak for the other channels, but Paperlike is a really cool product. I wouldn't endorse them uh, for any amount of money if it wasn't a really great product. And I talked about in this latest video on iPad Pro apps, uh, an app called, I think it's called Sketches Pro. And what I love about it is that it has these sound effects uh, that sort of just immerse you a little bit more than other sketching and drawing apps that I've come across. And when you combine that, those sound effects, you know, you, like you can hear the paper scratching, kind of, when you write uh, in this app. When you combine that with Paperlike, which makes writing with the Apple Pencil feel more paperlike, you're really onto something. And it starts to feel a lot less digital and a lot more traditional, kind of, but with all the power of the iPad. And so I really like it. So Paperlike, it's just a, a really cool product that I actually like, that's why. They are a sponsor of so many of our iPad videos. What else is going on in crystal? Oh, let me tell you about something. This is coffee related. Sorry, I got to bring it up. I got two new kinds of coffee this week, cold brew. Uh, one is called Rise. I hadn't tried it before. Got it. It's in little cans. It's okay. It's a little bit acidic for me, but I just discovered a new one that I really love And it's like on tap, it comes in this box and you crack open a little bit at the bottom. It's got a a little tap and you actually pour it that way. It's it's a really cool experience, very different. I think it's called Wandering Bear and I'll try to link this up in the show notes. Oh, it's one of my new favorite uh, cold brews. I could just sample coffee all day, every day. It's such a fun hobby. You know, there's a lot of Apple stuff to talk about. Let's stop talking about Chris stuff and Daily Tech stuff and let's just dive into the Apple stuff this week because there's some some good stuff to cover. Okay, let's just talk about the big thing. Apple dropped out of nowhere uh the iPhone SE, not really out of nowhere because of course there was a ton of rumors about it, um but it hit. It hit the website this week. It's the 2020 iPhone SE. I made a video about it with some of my initial feedback and reactions and I have to say Thank you guys for correcting me on the price in that video. I said that it was, I think, what, 4 dollars but it's really 3 dollars so, you know, sometimes I get too excited and put a video out really fast trying to get it out there, and then, whoops, uh, I, I misquoted the price there, but it's just, it's Apple's new affordable phone, $3.99 for the core iPhone experience, which is pretty exciting. Now, a lot of people are saying that this isn't going to be a very popular phone, but I think I have to disagree with that. Why? Well, for for one thing, we're in the midst of this pandemic, right? And people are getting reduced wages, people are getting furloughed, people are getting laid off. But you need a phone, and so you're instead of just sitting on an aging phone, what you can do then is grab this new iPhone, which has the guts of the flagship iPhone 11 right now, and just have an excellent experience with the body of an older design, and just one camera. So. Really, I mean, this is Apple's way of competing with those lower-end Android devices, especially overseas, not here in the US. And it's ironic because I just got uh, delivered the OnePlus 8 and the OnePlus 8 Pro, and those used to be really budget uh, Android phones. And now they've sort of done the opposite, and they're really competing with the high-end flagship Samsung devices. And it feels very premium, and it costs over $800. And so so here you are though, with a phone that's fully featured and capable in the iPhone SE, the new one, that admittedly uh, people don't like the design of probably as much as the old iPhone SE just because of the actual industrial design, like those harder edges versus the more rounded edges that, that we actually have. and also just the actual size. This is still a smaller iPhone, but it's not as small as the old iPhone SE I just want to reiterate something that I said in the video if you buy this iPhone SE I would personally opt for the storage level beyond just the basic 64 uh, gigs I would get the middle tier for storage because you know people that buy this iPhone SE they often just are looking for the cheapest entry level thing but then you run out of storage you know a couple years from now and I know several people who this is happening to on their current iPhone, because they have only 16 gigs or whatever. This is the new 16 gigs, 64. And I would just say, do yourself a favor, your future self, and get go beyond 64 and get that middle tier at least. Because look, what do you get for this cheap price? You get iOS, you get interoperability between this and other Apple devices. If you've got a Mac, if you've got an iPad, you can do AirPlay, it's amazing. And you also get great pictures, great video, 4K video. That's that's great. There's really nothing that you can't do on this particular phone at this price point. Apple Arcade, it's there. You can stream your favorite content from not only Apple's TV service, but Netflix, Hulu, whatever. It's going to look good enough on this 4.7-inch screen. Gaming, you know... I'm kind of split. Like, should I get this to review? Apple didn't send this particular model. I don't know. I was going to pre-order it today, but then, you know, it was like the first coverage that I did of it, it wasn't like a super popular video, especially compared to the iPad stuff I've been putting out lately. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. I just haven't pulled the trigger quite yet. But you guys let me know. If you want me to actually get my hands on it, test it out, do all the Chris things that I would do on it and report back to you, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter or somewhere and tell me. Now, speaking of Apple TV+, Plus, their TV service, there's a new show, a docu-series that they're debuting that actually kind of caught my attention. I'm going to be very honest with you right now. Up until this point, I haven't even opened up Apple TV+. Like, I haven't even watched a single show. Movie, nothing. The Banker, didn't see it. Any of the Apple shows, I can't even tell you. Oh, what, The Morning Show. I can, I can name one. But none of them have really appealed to me so far. But one thing I really like is design, like good design. And there's several Instagram accounts that I follow that are not tech related uh, that have just showcased really great, cool, awesome design. And so this new docu-series is just called Home and what it does is it showcases basically ingenious houses, really cool designs. Or I guess as they put it, imaginative dwellings. What I like about it is that it showcases design thinking and it's thinking outside the box. Because you can have a house, you can have a nice house, you know, but then you can have something that reimagines what a house is and what it looks like and how it functions. So what I like is that this show, there's nine episodes. I don't know if that's all there's ever gonna be or, you know, it's like season one, but it goes all over the place. It goes to Maine, Bali, Chicago, Hong Kong, just all over the place and right now i can't travel you can't travel not supposed to and so and by the way i kind of burned out on rick steve's europe stuff already <laughs> and so yeah get out and experience a little bit of the world that sounds okay right now so i don't know if it sounds interesting might be something worth checking out for you um <laughs> i did want to cover one thing that was kind of funny this week from the verge they had an interesting, you guys know, the new Mac Pro, not MacBook Pro, but Mac Pro, the desktop, super powerful, Hollywood type, people would use it for $50,000 souped up. Well, the wheels on that thing are crazy expensive, like $600, so The Verge had a really funny article, I just want to bring it up, this week talking about several items with wheels that were cheaper, less expensive than the wheels of the Mac Pro. All right, so Mac Pro, wheels, $600, Item number one on the verge was four actual tires, wheels from TireRack.com, which are less than three hundred dollars. Like wheels for your car, the tires for your car, less than the wheels for your i for your Mac Pro. You can get also a self-propelled lawnmower, which of course has wheels, for four hundred dollars, or even less, obviously, but a nice one for four hundred dollars, <laughs> a lawnmower. Uh, Who remembers Power Wheels? Uh, Yes, Power Wheels. I had one at a monster truck. I miss it. Uh, It was fun. You can get one of those for $309. A Power Wheels. That's a lot of fun. And that is about half the price of Apple's crazy expensive Mac Pro wheels. Uh, They also mentioned a go-kart. It was like $300. The point is, wow, those wheels are expensive. And you know what else? I believe, I haven't actually played with them myself, but they don't have locks either, right? You have to be on a completely flat surface so that your computer doesn't go rolling away. I mean, you don't want your expensive Mac Pro that you spent 20 grand on or 40 grand on rolling off your desk, you know? No locks. You need like the little airport things that they put under plane tires to keep it in place or something. All right enough of that let's talk about something else but still mac related mac os the new beta came out and there's an interesting new feature in there that is aimed at helping you save battery life which is cool i mean who doesn't want that so this is catalina 10.5.5 the beta so there's a new battery health management feature and the way that it works is that it doesn't charge your battery to full capacity all the time basically it's just smart it knows Charge this far and no further right now to maximize battery health. Like, this is a small thing, but it's a cool thing. Uh, you know, just back to OnePlus. Uh, I think it came out that they were going to be updating stuff uh, no more, f- you know, for security updates for the new OnePlus 8s, no more than every other month. So th- this is like a small thing, but Apple pushes these out. The products are always improving, and I just appreciate this kind of attention to detail. So this is a feature that's coming to every MacBook with a Thunderbolt 3 port. Is that you? Better check. Um, something else that I think is worth mentioning is, you know, everybody's been hit, you know, everybody, including us, and it, it's been getting worse like for AdSense revenue and stuff. And of course, with Amazon yanking affiliate, uh, well, really dropping affiliate revenue here uh, in the next week. I mean, the pandemic, it's affecting the economy, it's affecting everybody. And I thought it'd be interesting just to talk about uh, Tim Cook's view on Apple and how Apple is gonna come through this particular pandemic. And he made um, a video that he was talking, to, I think it was just private to Apple employees. I could be wrong about that, but he was talking about will Apple survive this? How will Apple survive this? What's it going to look like on the other side? And I think it was just an important thing to talk to the employees. But as somebody who likes Apple, I thought let's talk about it because you know for me, um, I guess there's two facets to Apple stuff right now. Like Apple stuff can be expensive; it's really kind of a luxury right now. But but at the same time, hey, at least they're coming out with this budget stuff. You know, four hundred dollar iPhone is cool, brand new. Um, but on the other side, for me, it's really Apple stuff. It's like a hobby and it has turned into my job, right? Where I'm talking about making content about it all the time. And you might think that I would get sick of it (laughs) talking about all the time. And I think in some cases, just like anything, there probably are times when Apple stuff feels a little bit less exciting to me because I've been working with it and talking about it all the time. Um, but still, it's it's really like a hobby to me. It's fun. So anyways, here's what Tim Cook had to say about Apple and getting through this pandemic. And he said some really interesting stuff. Number one, uh, he mentioned back in 1998 after, you know, Apple was having a hard time, Steve Jobs had come back. And what did they do? They released a really exciting product, the first iMac. That came out in 98 after a really tough period for Apple. And of course, look where that went. You know, I've had a couple of iMacs. Maybe you have too. Uh, I have very fond memories of that first iMac. It's so colorful and cool. I'd love to get one and put it on display around here or just even use it. But he also mentioned that it was after the Great Recession in 2008 where they, at Apple, released the first iPad. And so there's sort of a history almost with Apple of sticking it out, through times that are kinda hard. Like imagine where you would be right now without an iPad, if you were really into iPads, uh, or if you needed it, or you relied on it, that's what you were using during this time to get through this pandemic for entertainment, for work, for school. Uh, and that launched after the Great Recession. And so he was saying that after this pandemic, uh, Apple plans on coming through uh, kinda the same way. So apparently it, it came out that Apple was planning on reopening some of the stores here in the US Maybe sometime in May. Not all of them, but some of them. And I know in South Korea, they've started opening some of their stores too. So, you know, we're talking about Apple specifically, but just more generally for the economy and for moving on, I think this is a good sign because it's just, it's telling you, things will go back at least somewhat to some kind of a a normal. It's gonna be the new normal, of course, Um, not things like they just were, but that's to be expected. But nonetheless, That's a good sign. Something that is kind of interesting, maybe a little tidbit of future product info that might have dropped, is Jeff Williams, who's another executive at at Apple, said that Apple's health work, you know, things like the Apple Watch and all the sensors and fitness stuff, that health stuff has become even more important to Apple as a company and maybe in some way to society during this time. Of course, Apple's working with Google right now on some uh, tracking technology to hopefully with privacy uh the aclu is not very happy about it uh you know be able to do contact tracing you know but but aside from that just you know the apple watch and its health implications this is an important time for apple to care about health and, and put good work into health stuff but what he said was their work in that area this is jeff williams isn't just limited to the apple watch uh and so that's interesting what does that mean i don't really know but Uh, apparently it means that some other interesting stuff is coming. So Tim Cook said that the company is going to continue to focus on the long term. And you know what? I think that is uh, a lesson for everybody right here. Apple is one of those companies that has so much money. They're going to come through this thing. Right. But I think for us as individuals, it's it's also important um, to focus on the long term and not get too down and depressed as much as possible here during this time. I know it's hard, but uh, if you can take this time, like I've been saying for a couple episodes and invest in learning, in some education, or in a side project, um, this is the perfect time. There is a lot of opportunity here to focus on our long-term, whatever that is. So there's reason to be optimistic, you know, for Apple and for you and for me. And, uh, you know, I think it's just good to keep the long-term in mind. Um, This isn't major, like, earth-shattering news, but it's something I wanted to mention. You guys have heard me talk about Mindnode, the app, a lot. Uh, when it comes to iPad stuff, although I use it on my on my Apple Watch even, and I use it on my phone uh, and on the Mac, um, but primarily probably on the iPad. But it got a new update today, and as cool of a mind mapping tool as it already was, uh, it's cool to see some new uh, customizations come to it, where now you can get some new shapes if you want to customize some stuff, but even more importantly, probably, is the new addition of some Siri shortcuts that are gonna be very useful. So, everyone uses all, all their different apps differently than everybody else, right? But if you're the kind of person who's been using MindNode as a task manager type of an app, which you can, then you can now export via a shortcut your tasks to an, a real, I shouldn't say real, but a dedicated task management app, something like Things, for instance. Well, and this is actually a big deal, it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because a lot of people, when they're planning something, they kind of start with a mind map and then go from there. Well, this just makes it more actionable. So for instance, you could be like, well, I'm gonna start this podcast, I'm gonna do this podcast episode. And so you do podcasts as your starting note or point, and then off of that, maybe you do your topics, and then off of that, maybe your actual individual points that you wanna cover or something. Well. It's fine to look at that information in the mind map software program itself, but wouldn't it be cooler to just pop that over to your actual task management app and then get it nicely formatted right over there? I would think so. So basically plan in mind node, but then execute in drafts or reminders or whatever. Uh, you know, something that's kind of interesting, uh, I think, to talk about right now is the iPad's LiDAR sensor. There's been some deep dives and analysis that's been happening people have been tearing it apart and seeing what it's actually capable of and so it comes to light that it's not probably ever going to be able to do portrait mode photography which is kind of i don't know that's that's a little bit disappointing I, i wish it's there it seems like it'd be better for that um this is something that we expect i think on the iphone 12 right everyone's expecting that and then i Obviously, that's going to work with portrait photography, but it's just too bad that it's here and it can't be used for that. And I said this in the iPad Pro video about the apps today, too. This is a great time to be getting into AR stuff, talking about opportunities, you know, during this pandemic. Uh, Apple glasses, they're coming in a couple of years. And so this particular iPad, the 2020 iPad Pro with the LiDAR, it's really geared towards people who are going to make stuff for AR, whether it's using Adobe's Aero application, which is really intuitive, full-featured, you can learn that easily in, a, in like a couple of hours and start creating some really cool AR experiences. Um, so if you're like an entrepreneur and you wanna be ready to ride that wave uh, shortly, then this is like the perfect opportunity for that, right? Uh, so this particular deep dive that I'm referencing about this LiDAR, it, it came from uh, one of the dudes behind Halide and Spectre, if you're familiar with those apps, great for photography. Um, and he just realized that it wasn't really of high enough resolution, the LiDAR information, to be much use when it comes to portrait photography or uh, photography really in general. Because, and this is something that we already knew, but it uses less low power lasers than Face ID does, that technology. So, yeah, a little bit lower resolution. Um, I've already been seeing some really cool applications for the LiDAR. So, one of them, somebody sent me a link to LiDAR Scanner 3D and actually showed a clip of this in the iPad video that I published today, but you can scan stuff and it will help you create really accurate 3D models of stuff to then incorporate into AR stuff, which is really cool. Unfortunately though, if you were hoping to be able to scan stuff and then 3D print with it, this isn't gonna be much help there. It doesn't sound like. So it is better. It's better, but it's really only better for augmented reality. Here's something that's kind of interesting that we could talk about. You know Apple, for a long time, has been applauded for having the whole widget, as it would say, like making the hardware and the software and then integrating those really well together. Well, guess who's kind of headed down that path right now? It sounds like Google is now going to start making their own chips for their phones. What does that tell you? It says Apple's been on to some for a long time, and it's not easy to make your own chips Uh That's a given, so you can't, I don't think, expect Google as they're getting into this to just nail it right away, Um, but it's kinda like what Apple's doing in their switch away from Intel. Like, you gotta start, though, somewhere if you're going to get into it, and you know it's not gonna be as good right away. You're gonna have V1, and then by the time you're on V6 uh, or whatever, it's gonna be a lot better. So you gotta start somewhere. But it's just interesting that Google's getting into the chip game now for their phones. And actually, it's not just gonna be for the Pixel phone, it's also gonna be for their Chromebooks as well. And the code name for this, I would love to be a code name picker, wouldn't you? But the code name is Whitechapel. So it's interesting, Google's not just making this by themselves, it's a collaboration with Samsung. So Samsung and Google getting together to try to make this happen. So the first time that we're gonna see this in a phone, it sounds like it's gonna be in 2021. So coming up, uh, but we're not gonna see it in Chromebooks this uh, Google chip, until later. But the whole reason that this is happening is to try to help Google compete better with Apple. And it takes a lot to compete with Apple. Apple spent over a billion dollars to buy Intel's modem business recently, and now we're gonna start seeing some iPhones with 5G built in, right, baked in. And of course, Apple's chips, the A series, they're just insane, like, Nobody can compete with those hardly anyways. Uh, they maintain s- such speedy leads over the competition, even when the iPhone's been out for six or eight months or even a year in some cases. And sometimes Android phones still really can't compete necessarily. It depends, obviously, on the devices and whatever. But, but the A-Series chips, they're no joke. And so Google's like, to compete with that, we really need to get into the game ourselves. Now, it's not like Google has no experience here. You know, they already make some chips to help them process, you know, images. That's their own custom uh, chips, from what I understand. But this is kind of just a different level of, of manufacturing and smarts. This next news is something for the HomePod fans out there. I feel like HomePod is so underrated. It's like, I have a HomePod, and I love it, and everyone's like, oh, it's so expensive, and that's why nobody bought it. But n- not nobody bought it. A lot of people bought HomePods, and it goes on sale, like, all the time. But it came out recently that HomePod might now be running on a version of tvOS. Isn't that interesting? I wouldn't have suspected that. Of course, tvOS is just a version of iOS. So, you know, it's kind of like not huge news. But still, it's interesting. But even more interesting is that the rumors are really starting to heat up about a smaller iPad coming, hopefully soon. I was just telling my wife today, I think, that I would love to have some extra home pods around the house. Right now, we just have one, honestly. And it's kind of down in, in between the kitchen and the living room uh, so that everyone can talk to it or whatever. And to be honest, we mostly just use it for music. Sometimes I'll, I'll ask it you know, about the news or the weather, but that's really it. I haven't gotten super too in-depth with HomeKit integrations and stuff. I'm thinking maybe by the end of the year, and this could be like a hint hint, uh, maybe I'll start getting more into home I, home HomePod, HomeKit, integrations, and, and smart home stuff, we'll see. You know, traditionally, when I cover smart home stuff, it, it's not as interesting. It doesn't do as well as when I cover, like, Apple's big flagship stuff. That's one reason why I haven't covered a lot. But, you know, I do try to, um, aside from the videos that I know we're going to get a lot of views, I do try to just cover stuff that just interests me anyways from time to time. Like, i um, coming out with a video It's not quite out yet about, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll break it to you here about some Chrome extensions and uh, Chromium, not necessarily Chrome, but Chromium and how that integrates into my Mac life. And it's a big deal actually for me because of all the plugins, which I can't get on Safari. And so I'm going to be talking about that. And just, that's just an example. I don't think that it's going to do a million views. (laughs) It'll, it'll definitely be less popular than some of my iPad content, Apple watch content or whatever. But still, I there's just sometimes you just got to talk about something different or other things that are of interest. And the HomePod is of interest. And I'm trying to think to myself, would a smaller HomePod, and maybe it's going to be a portable HomePod, be of interest? Well, I love the sound on the HomePod, and I don't want to sacrifice that. And I'm sure that a smaller HomePod would sound good for sure. I wouldn't doubt that. But there's just no way that it could sound as good as a bigger one, right? In fact, if anything, I would even love to see a bigger HomePod, (laughs) you know? But I think there are some places where I would use that. Uh, You know, for my home theater, if I was going to hook up some extra HomePods, I would want two of the big ones, the normal ones, I guess. Uh, One on each side for my home theater. That's just a given. But I think for the kitchen, maybe? You know, where you just want to interact with it? Maybe for like the bathroom you know oftentimes when I'm in the shower I like to listen to a podcast one of my podcast listening times and I absorb a lot of information through podcasts when I'm in the shower but just to be able to control that uh, with my voice because sometimes you'll start a podcast and it's not exactly what you want but your hands are all wet and what are you going to do you know because right now I got a BO play speaker in there which is on the fritz Uh, I'm thinking about replacing it with an LG that I'll be testing uh, shortly that looks pretty cool but still just to integrate with Siri and my voice and be able to say stuff uh, and change stuff, that would be great. You know, what's really interesting is a lot of people have adapted to this pandemic time where everyone's self-isolating at home. Hey, Look, here's a joke that will make somebody laugh when I encounter them anytime it's like a given laugh. Someone's like, oh, how are you handling this pandemic and self-isolating? And I'm like, I'm a YouTuber. I've been self-isolating for years now. And it's like cue the laughter because... It's just, you know, it's one of the go-to jokes right now. But it's true. But everyone's rethinking their content and stuff and their strategy and what they're doing, how they're doing business and putting stuff out. And Apple's, you know, doing the same thing. So one big thing for them with Apple stores was to be able to offer today at Apple content where experts can show you what they're doing, how to do stuff, uh, especially creative stuff, with Apple devices. So it makes sense. Uh, I saw that Apple is uh, specially adapting that content to make today at Apple at home content, which is kinda cool. So if you're bored, if you're looking to learn something or you just wanna use your devices, better get more out of them, then that's something to check out. I gotta say in general, Apple's content game has just really been upgraded, it's always been good, it's always been good in this modern era of Apple, but uh, the stuff that they're putting out, this kinda of stuff, their ads, um, it's just it, their to-dos you know, on their YouTube channel, just like how-to stuff, it's so well done. So a couple of things are like capture striking photography with your iPhone or make playful, what, playful portraits with your iPad. (laughs) Um, I looked at some of it, and it looks pretty good. So it it may be worth checking out. Okay, we're just about to the end, I think, of this week's episode. But one thing I do want to talk about, and I could have talked about this at the beginning, but I'm going to save it right here for the end because it's sort of on the low at the moment, is um, Apple Hype is going to be uh, getting some new features soon, and this is something, we kind of launched version one, super simple, we actually had some copycats already, uh, people who ripped off the, not only the concept of three things you can scan really fast, but the design and even the wording using Hype, it's, it's really cool that we have some fans who can just kind of be our radar and, and see, um, it looks like one of those ripoffs in particular is at least going to shut down a re rethink now, it's not like it was ever a threat they were tiny um you know didn't have a huge following and you know that's the problem when you launch something that's a copycat of somebody else you don't have the passion right to see it through you're not excited about it in the same way as if you came up with it and so anyways uh wasn't like worried about it. it's just it's not but if anything it's just flattering you know that it just means it was a good idea but that is not really apple hype proper that is sort of like apple hype light. these three things the best app, the best accessory, and the most interesting or exciting Apple, or important Apple news headline every day, the things that we think you should care about, that's like Apple hype Lite. Now, people have been asking for a, a archive of the recommendations, and that's coming. I think that's the most requested feature, so it's coming, and there's gonna be some surprises, some other stuff. I'm really excited about those surprises and that other stuff. Now, I'm just gonna warn you, there's going to be a premium version of Apple hype. And so I just wanna differentiate between, we're always gonna have a free version where you can come every day and get some great recommendations for free, this Apple hype Lite experience. We're always gonna have that free version. But we have been working on a premium version that's going to offer a lot more for people. And our whole goal is to help you get more out of your Apple stuff, love your Apple devices more. So it's coming, it's optional, but I'm really excited about it. Seriously, like, like picture me drinking 10 nitro coffees. I'm that excited about it. Uh, and it's coming hopefully soon. We've been working really hard on it and I think you guys are gonna like it. And by the way, we are gonna have a very extended free trial so you can check it out. Nobody's not gonna get to see inside and see what it looks like and how it works, um, get to experience it. So that's something to be expecting and on the lookout for shortly. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for this version of the podcast, but I'll catch you guys in the next one later.
0: Welcome to the other party at vibe. where you know we getting lit it come alive, and you know we got a light like, so we going to shine, and we're talking to the fans It's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party at Eva, where you know we getting it come alive, and you know we got a light like, so we going to shine, and we're talking to the fans at the time, yeah. Since all 12 giving you the heat, Don't review some crease you gotta see, Daily Tech got the facts that you need, and it's a whole crew you gotta meet, after party it's the place you gotta be, and you can't really be the cuts free, trying to give you unbiased critiques, quality you should take it from me, cause we care about the customers, pull up a seat. Got a whole team, giving you the best and do it by any means. Brand new Mac and you know it's looking clean. It's the after party, live from the mom Wanna cop some? Shouldn't be a doubt about it. Looking for great reviews, then you found it. Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it. Yo. Welcome to the other party, got it vibe. When well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party, got it vibe. Well, we getting let it come alive. come alive and you know we got that light so we gonna shine, we gonna shine. and we talking to yeah. the fans it's yeah. the time yeah